know about the church. Two, Psalm 84 will teach you how you are to prioritize the church. Three, it will help you to benefit from actually receiving the blessings that come from those who treasure the church. And lastly, it will prepare you to be a blessing to other churches. Now, I know as I was preparing for this, uh, I was thinking about a lot of you because I know that Bloomington is a transitory town, right? So we have people who come, are here for a little while, we love them, and then they move somewhere else, right? So we have even people here this morning who are on their way, you know, somewhere else. You you think of the Shepherds, you think of Preston, think of Caleb, think of even our college students who are here, you know, for the, uh, throughout the semester and then gone for the summers and gone soon. Um, You know, I want, if our heart is to be like the psalmist in Psalm 84, I want you to treasure God's word, uh, and I want you to take it seriously so that you will be a blessing to the other churches that God is calling you, if God calls you to move. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and read our passage. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Their early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let's pray. Father, help us this morning. Father, um, I don't know everyone's background uh, with church. Um, I don't know um, everyone's life stage at this moment, Lord, and yet you do. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would be sufficient for us this morning, that you would help us to take it to heart, Lord, that you would help me to say the words that I'm, you would call me to do, Lord, and nothing else. Lord, that you would help us and encourage us to treasure, to love you, Lord, to dwell, that we would long to be in your presence, Father, and that we would long and treasure your church, Father. Wherever we come from, Father, would we um, get the encouragement and the strength that we need, Lord, to be able to honor you uh, and bless you as we derive the strength, our strength from you. So, Father, help us. Give us attentive ears. Give us attentive hearts. Open uh, our eyes to see what you have for us to learn today and be with us. We pray for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's read Psalm 1 and 2. Again, how lovely, Psalmist says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Now, if you're like me, uh, especially you know, as, you know, grew, if you grew up singing that song, you know, better is one day in your course, and you think, I, a lot of the times I look at this passage and think, well, this is clearly talking about heaven, right? 
right? Is this later talking about heaven? Long to dwell in the courts of the Lord. Um, so if you're like me, you think this is talking about heaven. And in some ways, that is true, right? In some ways, this expresses the longings of a Christian to be with God in heaven. Um, because as a Christian, you should want to be with God in heaven. And we long to be in heaven because God's presence will be there fully manifested. After all, heaven is the place where all of us as Christians will dwell in the future. So we should long to be with God in heaven. But is this what you long for? Do you long for heaven or... Maybe you're here this morning and you just don't want help. Maybe you just don't want help, but you don't really want heaven. And if you don't want heaven, I'm not going to dwell on it too much just yet, but I'm going to call you to examine your hearts. What is it that your heart loves more than being with God in heaven? Okay, so going back, I thought this passage was all about heaven. Okay, it was just like future, future, future. But studying the content and the context makes it clear that this passage in this passage, the psalmist is primarily referring to the temple. Okay? For some reason or another, the psalmist is unable to go to the temple, and he longs for the opportunity to be able to worship and serve and sacrifice to God in person. He wants to go to the place where God dwelled. And by the way, just so you know, I'm assuming that the author is David. Okay? So there's, you know, people say different things, and I'm just assuming it simply because older commentaries agree on it, so I'm just going with it. However, even if it's not David, the argument is not lost. Right? The psalmist wants to go to the house of the Lord, and wants to dwell there, sees the beauty of it, longs for it. In fact, our passage says, my, long, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. There's a strong, hard desire to be in God's house. Now, I'm going to take a quick step back, right, because I told you at the beginning, one of my goals is to help you to treasure the church uh, as God has called us to. And yet, as if you see, the psalmist is talking about the temple, Right? There's nowhere in Psalm 84 that tells us you are to go to church on Sunday morning and love it, right? There's not, there's not, not explicit, explicit in the text. Um, but um, back then, right, the temple was the only place where the Jews could worship God. So you cannot fellowship with God unless you went to the temple. And today, right, different for us, we have access to God the Father no matter where we are because of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, what, what I'm doing this morning is I am making an application from Psalm 84 when it comes to uh, our presence in church and the attitude towards church. Because after all, when you think of today, do we have a place today where we can go and meet with God? Do we have a place where we can go and worship Him? To lift up praises with other believers. To offer spiritual sacrifices and receive grace from God. I want you to see that it's not a jump to recognize that we ought to feel about our church as the psalmist did about being in the temple. And why? Not because the temple was anything special. I mean, it was beautiful, but it's not because of the building. Just like you don't come to church because of the YMCA. The building is not special. It's special because God dwells there with his people. And you want to meet with God himself. If Psalm 84 is teaching us that we ought to long to be in the presence of God, then we should long to dwell in the church because it is the place where we come to know and worship God most clearly with other believers. When you pay attention, because after all, church is the closest thing that we have to heaven here on earth. Right? Church is the closest thing that we have to heaven here on earth. Again, I told you, we ought to long for heaven. We ought to seek to go to heaven. And if you, don't, if you don't delight in going in church now, what makes you think that you're going to want to long to go to heaven and delight in heaven when you're there? Okay, so long to be in um, church. Don't let others uh, try to persuade you that uh, because we have the Holy Spirit, you don't really need to go to church anymore. 
Um, the Holy Spirit should actually help you, right, in your sanctification, should help you to obey God in the things that you're called to do. It should help you to love and long to dwell in the church week in and week out. The fact that we have more revelation than David did should make us more ready, right, more loving to our church. We have more ready access to the Father to Christ. It should make us more willing to come and worship Him weekly at church, not less. And some say, well, I'm just, you know, again, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, I have my own church. I do my Bible study, maybe even with my family. I study my Bible on my own. Um, you know, and sadly, that is the case for um, a lot of people now after COVID. You know, that people just have not returned to church. I'm thankful that that's not the case with, you know, a lot of our church. And that our church loves to uh, be with one another. But if you say, I'm just going to do my own thing at church. Uh, I'm just going to do my own thing in this missed church. That would be like telling your spouse, okay, hey, I know we had a date plan tonight, but I'm just going to give you a call for like 10 minutes earlier in the day, and like that should be good, right? That should be good. That, like, that meets our criteria of spending time together. It's like, well, we, ha- we spent enough time yesterday together. Like, we don't really need to spend time today. Like, would that fly when you're talking to your spouse? Hopefully, no. And yet, that's the, often the attitude that we have towards God, is to say, well, we or- I already did my Bible study, right? Well, I don't really need to go to church this week. Church, again, is the place where you most clearly and corporately come to receive the graces of God and worship Him in truth. The psalmist recognizes has a long longing to be in the house of God, and I want you to long to be in the presence of God in the same way. Again, this is, this is if my, my goal is for Psalm 84 to be true of our church, okay, for that longing to be awakened there somewhere. I know that a lot of us may know that we're supposed to come to church for God, but a lot of us have forgotten it. Okay, and I want to remind you of what's true that this would be true of your heart, that you would say, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the course of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Does this describe you? Does this describe you? The problem is, right, that this does not describe you. And that is the problem, is we know that it should, and we know that a Christian is a Christian attribute to want to, to long to be in church. And yet, you're here this morning, and you recognize, that's not really my heart's desire throughout the week. You know, a lot of the times, you don't long to come to church. You would much rather stay at home, go visit friends, go visit family. And oftentimes, even if you do come, you, know, you don't do it because you really want to. You, know, you do it maybe because you should. You don't want others to get mad at you. So what do you do, okay, when your emotions don't match what you know that you're supposed to do? What do you do when you don't really feel like it? Okay. First thing I want you to do is recognize that this is normal. Okay. This is normal. This happens a lot in Scripture, especially in the Psalms. Again, I'm assuming David wrote this, and this is not the only Psalm that I think should cause your heart to think that. Okay. There's a lot of Psalms in which... Uh, David is just praising God for how awesome and wonderful he is and his great love that he has for him. And you read it and you're like, man, that, that's just not where my heart is. You know, that, I, I want it to be, but that's just not where my heart is. How, how, how should we read those passages? How should we read those passages? You, sometimes the way that David writes makes it like too high of a bar for us. And if that's you, then just join the club, okay? This is all of us. It's not a surprise to me that you don't feel like always doing what you're supposed to do. Because I know that you're a sinner, and you will not always feel doing like you, want, like, like you should. Okay? So what do you do when you come to a psalm, like Psalm 84, and your emotions don't match what you feel? Well, first you recognize 
that what David is doing is he's expressing the affections of a Christian who is in tune with what's true. We repeat it. David is expressing the affections of a Christian who is in tune with what's true. Okay, so in other words, the words of Scripture okay, are true. We ought to long to be with God in His presence, and yet I don't feel like it, right? But we know that that is true. And so we would feel the same way as David did if you really believed and had faith for what God said. Okay? The reality is we often don't. We often don't. So when you don't, my call to you is to not let your emotions get in the way. Do not let your emotions get in the way. The go- your goal is to live by truth, not by your emotions. Okay? Your emotions are not your guides. God's word is your guide. God is your guide. So next time that you don't feel like David, that you don't really feel like doing what's, like what God's word is calling you to do, confess that to the Lord. Come to the Lord and say, God, you know. You know my heart better than I do. Lord, I admit that I want to follow my own selfish desires. I don't want to follow my plan for you. And then ask him to remind you what's true. Go to your word. Remind yourself. Preach to yourself what is true. What ought I to feel? What ought I to do? If God is calling you to do something, that is far better than what you feel like doing, regardless of how you feel. Again, your emotions are not your guides. They're indicators of where your heart is and what it wants most. So, don't be surprised, okay? You're a sinner. Your emotions are often going to get all out of whack sometimes, and that is okay. The goal is to look to God in those moments and to remind yourself, I may not feel like it, but I am going to follow God and have faith. Okay, so pray. Pray, and then do as you're called to do, and then don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when God actually changes your affections and molds your affections to be more in line with what he's calling you to do. Okay, especially, especially when you obey and you experience the blessings of obedience, when you experience the blessings of actually dwelling in the house of the Lord. And you may ask, well, what blessings are you talking about? What blessings come from actually being, like being a part, participating, being a member of a church? Well, let's read verse 4, which I think is the key of my passage this morning here. It's, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. And I want you to believe that. Blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord, ever singing his praise. So two blessings that we're going to see here. Let's read verses 3 and 4. Verse 3, even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. So the first blessing that we see is peace. There's peace that comes from dwelling in the house of God. David uses a wonderful illustration here, an illustration of uh, the sparrow uh, who finds a home. Now, like a sparrow finds a home uh, to be able to make their own nests and a nest for herself and her young ones, so should the Christians find the church to be a peaceful, safe refuge. Okay, a bird lives solely for its own survival and the survival of her young. Okay, when she finds a refuge, a place that is safe to make her nest and carry her young, she will find her refuge and be there. Okay, just in the same way, David is calling um, God's house a safe refuge place for Christians. Okay, now they were believing the Bible labels you as a racist, as a homophobic, hateful person, there is no greater place to find peace than in God's church because God dwells there with his people. The world is going to try to oppress you day and day and day after day. So let the church be a place where you feel safe and at home. And even when your family turns on you for your faithfulness to Christ, 
find refuge in God and in His house. It is a home to us as exiles in this world. And here you're going to find comfort for your soul. So dwell in God's house that you may find peace. See the church also as the safest place for your children to grow up. Okay? Just like the sparrow finds a nest and raises her young there because it is a safe place. Model to your children that the church is the place where they ought to be growing. Okay? Be in God's house. Dwell in them. Show them what it is to participate in the church. Love the church. Not just going on Sunday morning, but actively participating in the worship of God and the communion of the saints. And that's because church is the place where God most in intimately dwells with his people. Okay? So the blessing, one blessing that you experience as you treasure God's house is the peace that comes from God. And secondly, strength. The second is strength. Verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Now, if you dwell in the house of God, not only will you find peace and safety, you will find strength. Your strength will be renewed. You know that being a Christian is hard, especially if you're trying to do it in your own strength. You will not be able to do it. And thankfully, there's a place for you to be renewed in your strength, to find God the source of your strength, to be with other Christians who can renew your strength. When you're tired of fighting, when you're tired of the opposition that you encounter for doing what's right, when your temptations are too strong and you just say, I cannot do it on my own, run to the church and find the strength that you need that only comes from God. Okay? In trials, in suffering, when a loved one is close to death, and you're grieving, discouraged, don't neglect the church. Don't neglect the place where God will renew and give you strength. Okay, so peace and strength are two of the blessings that you'll find as you dwell in God's house because God offers them to you there. Let's keep on reading. Verse 6. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. Verse 7. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Okay, so uh, let me give you some context at this time. Uh, so again, David uh, is writing here. In his time, the Jews had to make pilgrimages to the temple three times a year to offer sacrifices at least, right? So every year, you have to plan. No matter where you live, you just have to make a pilgrimage to the temple to be able to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Imagine the burden of that. Like, that would be something difficult, something you would have to plan for ahead of time. Yeah, it would be, if you live really far away, it would be a burden to be able to go and do it. But you would do it because you long to be with God. And here in this passage, uh, here we have a mention to the Valley of Baca, um, right? What is that? Um, it's likely a real place. So it's likely a real place. Uh, it's, uh, if you translate it as the Valley of Weeping. Um, so this was probably a real area, a desert, dry area, a very difficult area to be in, to cross, but a place that you have to go through often in order to be able to get to the temple. Okay, so if you were going to make a pilgrimage to the temple, you would have to go through the Valley of Baca, to the, through the Valley of Weeping. Okay, but what David is saying here is that no matter what obstacle is in the way, I know I'm going to have to go through this difficult thing. No matter what obstacle is in my way to get to the temple, even that obstacle seems light. Okay? It even seems like a place of springs, like an early rain that covers it with pools. Why? Not because it's not hard, but because it, I know that when I cross it, I am going to get to my destination. I am going to meet with God. And therefore, no obstacle seems too big or too difficult for us to overcome in order to be able to dwell in God's house. So for us, 
we're going to have obstacles often to be able to treasure the church. Okay? So my question is, will you have faith to love and to dwell even when those obstacles do come? Will you have faith to overcome those obstacles? Some obstacles can often be good things. Okay? They don't even seem like obstacles. But they can become a stumbling point if you choose them over Christ and His church. So, don't let family get in your way of getting to church. Don't let your hobbies distract you from the blessing of worshiping God on Sunday mornings. Don't let your kids, your kids' sports, prevent you from receiving the blessings of being in the presence of God. Don't let even sleep be the thing that keeps you from being with God. Verses 8 and 9 says, O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. Pray that God would give you this heart that would long to be in his presence above all else, no matter what obstacles come in your way, that you would pray when those obstacles come. And just to be clear, my goal here is not like, I'm not here to try to like lay a law on you and say the goal is just perfect attendance at church all the time. Okay? Like that's, that's not the goal. I mean, our own pastor is not here this morning, so that's kind of awkward. Um, but um, what, I'm, what I'm going for, okay, what I'm going for is not just outward expression, hey, I was at church this many times a year. What I want is for your heart to be at, at church, okay? That even when you can't, for one reason or another, you cannot be at church, that your, whole, your heart dwells to be in the presence of God. It's like, I know I can't like the psalmist, but man, I wish I could. God, like, help me, Lord, help me to meet with you. I long for the day when I get to be able to go. You know, one of the greatest blessings of COVID was that for all of us, a lot of us, we were taking church for granted, right? We were just like coming every Sunday morning. It was just an afterthought. And then churches got taken away from us. And then we realized, oh, I just miss being able to worship with God's people Sunday after Sunday. Okay, and I don't want you to lose that. I want you to be able to come to church and not lose that, not take it for granted. Okay, because after all, where else would you rather be? Okay, ask yourself, where else would you rather be than in God's presence? Let's look at verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. There is no place a Christian ought rather to be than in the presence of God. A faithful Christian will choose to dwell in God's house over doing anything else. Okay? When our world, our world is obsessed with travel now. Travel and like you just have to go and see all these places and go on the next adventure. The Christian will choose to stay and be faithful and serve God where they're at because you would much rather be in the, in the, in, in the courts. You, my tongue is failing me this morning. For a day in your courts, you would much rather be a day in the courts of God than a thousands, no matter el- where elsewhere, wherever you may be. So what does it say about your heart when you choose other things above God? What does it say about your heart when you choose other things above God? Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. So treasure the opportunity to be at church. Treasure the opportunity to serve, even in lowly uh, options for serving in a church. Even as a doorkeeper, you, as a doorkeeper, you couldn't even go in the temple. But choose to do the lowest of opportunities for service, the humble ways of Choose that over the high and the lofty opportunities to be known in the world. Choose the humble service of Christ's bride above your recognition at work, in your family, with your friends. 
So let me ask you. We talked a little bit now about church. Now let's make it personal. Why did you come to church this morning? Or maybe if you're listening later, why did you not come to church this morning? Well, maybe for you it's, um, well, my family always went to church, right? So um, I feel like I should go to church. Maybe it's, you know, teenagers here, right? Maybe it's my parents made me go to church, and I just kind of have to come to church. Maybe it's, well, I think God is going to be angry with me if I don't. Maybe even it's, oh, I, I love my church family. You know, I love the people there. I want to be able to see them and be encouraged by them. Now, if those are your reasons to come to church, no wonder you're going to find church trivial and a burden. Okay, hear me out. Yes, you should come to church because you should. Okay, you should. That is a good reason. Okay, don't stop there. Okay, don't stop there. Yes, you should want to come to church to be with your church family, to love them, to be encouraged by them. That is a good thing. But that is, don't stop there, okay? Those are lesser reasons to come to church. And even if, if someone like, m- made you come to church this morning, you're like, well, I'm just here because someone else made me, okay? Thank them for doing that, and then try to find the ultimate reason for coming to church. And what is that reason? We ought to come to church to meet with the living God. You come to church on Sunday mornings to meet with the living God. If you are here for any other reason, if you come to church for any other reason than to meet with God, you're going to be disappointed. Maybe not today, but soon to come. Because you're going to need, you, you will feel like you need to put on a face. You're going to feel like you want to skip it. But if you're coming on Sundays to meet with the God of the universe, that's going to change everything. Everything about your attitude towards church. Church is not an afterthought. Church is not trivial because God is there. So church If you're meeting with God, church is not a burden because we know that Christ carries our burdens. You're not going to be bitter at the people of the church because they didn't do this or that because you know that Christ has forgiven you so much more than you've been wrong. You know, I do love that we are a loving church family, but if you come simply for the people, you're going to be disappointed sooner sooner rather than later. We're not that great as people. God is the one who's great. So come to church and meet with God, and you're not going to be disappointed. You know, it does not really matter eventually what so-and-so said. It matters what God says. And if you focus on the worship of God, you're not going to worry, okay, what other people think of you because you know that God knows the worst about you and yet he's calling you to draw near to himself. Even the little things, okay, even the little things that you don't like about church, okay, no church is perfect. Even the little things that you don't like about church will seem insignificant in comparison to worshiping God. At its core, David wants God. Verse 2, if you go back just a little bit, it says, My soul long, yes, faints for the course of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. It is God that David wants, and it is God that we ought to want. And who is this God? Who is this God that we're coming to meet with on Sunday mornings? Verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay, so who is God? God is a sun. God is a sun. God is our light. When it seems like we're walking in darkness and uncertainty and we do not know where to go, let God establish your steps. Let Him be your guide. When you're making a big decision or needing encouragement, what better place could you go to than the house of God who made light out of darkness? So God is our light. He is our sun. Find your guidance in Him. Secondly, God is a shield. 
God is a shield. He is all power. Okay? Even the strongest of the enemy's attacks on you is nothing in comparison to the power that God displays and the power that he displays in protecting you. He, when he protects you, nothing and no one can snatch you from his hand. When you dwell with God as your shield, you have absolutely nothing to fear. And even if the whole world were to turn on you, flee to him for refuge. Find protection in the church, the place where God dwells to keep you safe. And even, you know, you think of the gospel, right? We were dead in our trespasses. We were far away from God. We were enemies of God. We didn't want anything to do with it, with him. And yet, he overcame our, our uncertainty. He overcame our doubt. He sent Jesus and said, yes, um, every single one of you has sinned. Every single one of you deserves death, deserves to be completely separated from me, deserves my full wrath because God is holy and just. And yet God says, but I love my creation so much that I'm going to send Jesus Christ to die on the cross that those who would believe and trust in him and repent for their sins would be able to find God as their shield, as their light. Okay, you found Christ, which is why I hope you're here. Okay, do not neglect to meet with God and meet him here at church. Thirdly, God bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God is the source of every good thing, of every blessing. Every single good thing that you have in your life, God gave it to you. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Okay? We all want our good. We all want the good of our families. And yet, why do we want to neglect the one who's the good giver? Okay? Why do we neglect the one who can give us what we need? So, don't be, if you're not prioritizing treasuring the church, don't be surprised, okay, when life is hard. When you're away from the source of good gifts, don't be surprised um, when he is not showering you with those blessings. Don't settle for the favor of man when you can have the favor of God. And lastly, true honor. True honor is found in God, not in man, not in your work, not with your friends. And he is ready and willing to honor his children, not because we deserve it, okay, but because he wants to exalt the humble. He is a generous father, and he loves you. He loves those who will choose to walk uprightly before him. And that is the church that you come to meet with. That is the God that you come to meet with at church. So, what else? Okay, you have the opportunity to meet with this God, the one who made you, who loved you, who gave you all of these things. What else would you rather do than meet with him week after week? Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So, will you trust in God? Will you trust in God that blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord? Now, if you do not know how to do this, okay, let me give you some application steps, so maybe some ways that you can actually practice it this coming week to treasure and prepare yourself uh, for the worship of God, okay? A couple of steps are, one, pray for the church, okay? Throughout the week, pray. Pray for church. Pray for your elders. Pray for your pastor. As best as you can, prepare yourself. Pray for those in the church as you see that you hear needs. Uh, pray the worship, for the worship service throughout the week. Also, prepare your heart. Prepare your heart to be ready to come to church on Sunday morning. Church, your preparation for church does not start at 9 a.m. on Sundays. Okay? It begins Saturday night. It begins Thursday night. It begins throughout the week. Imagine if you were going for a, a job interview, a really, really important job interview. You're going to meet the CEO of this really big company. Okay? What would you do to prepare? How would your heart get ready? Okay? And yet... Contrast that to the way that we treat church. You're coming to meet with God, and oftentimes we treat it as an afterthought. Okay, you are coming here to meet with the living 
God, a good God who forgives you, who is with you, okay, who wants to have fellowship with you. So instead of seeing it as just another event, something else that happens in your week, something that you check off your calendar, you know, come ready to worship God on Sunday. As best as you can, if you know what passage is coming up, like do your best to read it, prepare yourself, like familiarize with yourself, ask God that he would help you to hear and understand what he has for you. And then thirdly, come ready to hear and do. Okay? Be doers of the word. When you hear God's word, don't just take it and say, well, that was a good sermon. On to my week. Be ready to do. Okay? Be doers of the word, not hearers only. The Lord wants to speak to you from Sunday morning, from his word on Sunday morning. So take care that you listen, that you apply, and peace and strength will come for you throughout the week. Now, I really want us to see as a, us as a church grow in this, to take this seriously, to love to be with God, not just with one another. Okay? I want our weeks to be affected by the fact that we know that Sunday is coming, that our, our weeks will, be, will revolve around the worship of God on Sunday mornings, and then that Sunday would actually affect the rest of our weeks, that Psalm 84 would be true for us. So as I conclude, let me ask you the question that I asked you at the beginning. What is your heart's reaction when someone says to you, let us go to church? Well, it is my longing and my hope that as we grow in this as a church and we delight to be in God's presence, that we would be like David in Psalm 122.1 when he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let me pray. Father, you know... Uh, that we fall short of this. Lord, forgive us for the ways in which we want other things above um, being in your presence. Lord, this is not often our heart's desire. We know that often we treasure other things as more important than you, your worship, and your church. So, Father, I ask for strength for each one of us to believe and to walk in faith, even when we don't feel like it. Lord, help us that as we take your word seriously, that you would change our affections towards you and your church. Lord, help us to make your worship the highest priority of our week, that we would dwell in your house, secure, full of strength, deriving all the benefits that come from you and you alone. And most importantly, Father, help us as a church to worship you in truth as you deserve. May we as a church proclaim your excellencies to a lost world. Father, help us in this because we need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.